Hi, welcome to church today. The message you're about to listen to came from a recent gathering at our church. Be encouraged as you enjoy this message. Genesis 18, Amplified. Okay, verse 14. But we're going to pray for a moment. More prayer. More prayer, more prayer. Is anything too hard or too wonderful for the Lord? No, is anything too hard or too wonderful for the Lord? At the appointed time when the season for her delivery comes around, I will return to you and Sarah shall have born a son. This was a promise that God gave to Abraham and Sarah. Imagine God saying to Abraham, you're going to be the father of many nations. He didn't even have a child. So we're going to look at destiny today. Father, we pray in Jesus' name. Gosh, we need your help. We really do need your help, Father, to orchestrate and help us and guide us. Nothing is too hard. Nothing is too wonderful. Help us to expand and be enlarged in our thinking, in our hearts, to know how you take us from glory to glory, from one place of goodness to another. And when these horrible things happen and bad reports come, help us to just stand firm that you're our Father. Nothing is too hard or too wonderful for you. Amen. Amen. Why don't you go over in the New Testament for those of you who would like to argue with me. Luke 1, 37 in the Amplified says, For with God nothing is ever impossible. <laughs> I just want you to just shift some of your stuff. Nothing. Okay? Nothing is ever impossible, and no word from God shall be without power or impossible of fulfillment. Okay? Somewhere in here I have some notes, which we may use, we may not. I may not find them. (laughs) I wrote them out somewhere. (laughs) Did you take my notes? Did you? (laughs) You see, I have so many now. Don't worry about it. We're going to talk about destiny. We're going to have a focus this month of August. We're going to have a focus this month on destiny. Maybe you have felt yours has passed you by. Maybe you've had to deal with disappointment. Maybe you've had to deal with hurt. But the word destiny, when you look it up, means fate or your lot or providence or vocational, the future. I know that we've all heard that God has a great destiny for our lives. But the point is, do you actually really see it? Is it part of your future? Are you moving towards it? There are many people in the body of Christ worldwide, and there are many ministries that equip the body. Then there are ministries that mobilize the body. And part of the anointing on my life anyway is to mobilize you. 
So we're going to look a little bit at the five phases of destiny. If you could put that slide up. Um, I want you to look at this for a minute. In time, I might find my notes. Sure, I put them in my Bible. I know it. I know I hand wrote it out. But anyway, let's, let's just look at this for a minute, okay? So, when we, look at, when we look at our destiny, have you ever actually thought about this? That your destiny is ahead of you. So, number one... And maybe just for a moment while we look at this slide, you're going to kind of envision where you're at. And I want you to look at the whole picture because maybe you're still envisioning. Well, my life should be like this. Well, my family should be like this. My marriage should be like this. My gifting should have put me in this place. Maybe you're still in the place of envisioning. Maybe my, ho- my home should be like this. It's an identity thing, okay? Because it's kind of interesting this morning. We had no idea, or at least I didn't. I don't know if you did. We had no idea that the stage was going to be like this. But it's like you could feel this morning. We've, kind of, we've already shifted into being together as a family, being comfortable, singing songs that are spontaneous, prophetic songs, Not saying, well, I didn't know that song. Not being religious about it, but actually being who we are called to be. A chosen people, a royal priesthood. Okay? People who love God, people who just are so comfortable with him that he can do even the hard things. He can work stuff out. Most of the things that I see ahead of me are impossible for me to do. I don't want to do events. We've had 30 years of events. They upset our family, our household. There's warfare that comes. There's resistance that comes. But an assignment from God is something I'll get my teeth around, is something I'll lay hold of, and I'll say, okay, if we're in an assignment, you've got to come and help me. So you've got to bring the right people. I can't do this. I don't know how to rent Hyde Park. I don't know how to fill it up with tens of thousands of people who want to worship you and come into a oneness of heart. I don't know how to do that. But what I do know how to do is I know how to just obey you. So envisioning is something that's really very important because it's to do with obedience. Because Abraham obeyed the Lord. He went out not knowing. If you want to look over in Romans 4... You kind of see how, uh, oh my gosh, so many wonderful scriptures. I'm, sometimes, don't you just open the Bible sometimes and you're just like, my gosh, I want to teach. I want to just talk to you. I want you to see. Let's go to Romans 4 for a minute. Well, actually, let's go to, yeah, we'll go to Romans 4. we do that first. Romans 4. For Abraham, verse Abraham, um, Romans 4, verse 18. For Abraham, human reason for hope being gone. It's gone. Gone. Hope's gone. See, you may, you may hear we have double the amount of people coming to Chosen this year, but I'm looking at the budget which is double the budget that it was last year, and it's not met yet, but I'm still moving forward. 
Why? Because I have faith in God. So you can have faith with me. Huh? We can pray into this. I'm looking for the times that we move into such abundant prosperity that we can give to every charitable donation. That we can be like Abraham, hope being gone, he hoped in faith that he should become the father of many nations as he had been promised, so numberless shall your descendants be. He didn't, he didn't see that. He didn't even have a child. He went and did it in his own steam. A lot of us do things in our own steam. But that's not what this is about now. We have moved into a new phase in our destiny where, yes, it's important to envision And I pray if you don't have a vision for the future and it isn't a huge amount bigger than what you've seen as your life, then it's probably not from God. Okay. So don't give me the kind of look where are we going. I'm telling you, I'm here to stretch you. I'm here to expand you. I'm here to give you hope for your future. I'm here to envision you with who you are, what your identity is. Never mind church and sitting politely in rows. What about your real life when you wake up in the morning? What about when you wake up in the morning and you say, okay, I'm awake, and the spirit realm backs off, bows down, because you start governing the day. That's what we're looking at. So we're talking about Abraham. You see, destiny is that Lucifer was sent to the earth, right? And misery basically had fallen on all of humanity. That's the reality of life. Only those who make God their refuge and hope are able to smile through the calamities of life. They find joy in God and everlasting pleasure at his right hand. I'm not there yet. When I get a bad report, you know, it may hurt. It may make my heart weep. There are things that have happened recently that they've made my heart cry. But I have to give them to God. I have to say, like last month, I said, the Lord will perfect that which concerns you. Now I'm saying nothing is too hard or too wonderful. That's the month we're in. I'm not looking at the natural. I'm not concerned with what's going on naturally. What I'm concerned with is that nothing is too hard or too wonderful. And mostly the Lord has been encouraging me that it's about the wonderful. Because actually, we find it quite hard to go from good to good. (laughs) You know, we think, oh, well, that was really good. But there can't be more. But you know what? There's so much more. There is so much more. So come on, Holy Ghost, help us. Help us. Help us to be a people. Oh, help us to be a people who knows there's so much more. Guide us that the future is better than the past. Help us to be like Abraham who hoped on in faith. Verse 19 He did not weaken in faith when he considered the utter impotence of his own body, which was as good as dead because he was about a 100 years old. He didn't consider any of that or the barrenness of Sarah's deadened womb. No unbelief, verse 20, or distrust 
made him waver, doubtingly question concerning the promises of God. But he grew strong and was empowered by faith as he gave praise and glory to God. Praise. Praise. Wow. This is a worshiping church. Praise you, Father, for what you're about to do in my life. You're about to shift everything. Praise you. Praise you. It's a new day. And my identity is in you and that I I just welcome. I praise you. 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 Verse 21, fully satisfied and assured that God is able and mighty to keep his word. Are you? Are you fully, fully satisfied and assured? I am so assured. God gave me a rhema. See, the first thing we need in life is a rhema word of God. We need the written word, but we need the life-giving rhema word of God. I used to teach us in the prayer school. You need a rhema word from God. A rhema word from God will just take you way over. God said, if I cast my net on the other side, I'd find a harvest. Luke 5. You know what? I was thinking Saturday afternoon, I was praying and I was thinking, you know what? I don't, I don't feel like we've made the harvest. Yes, I love the barn. Yes, I love you all. But I don't feel like we're at the harvest. And yet this month is a month of destiny and harvest. I don't feel like the whole of London is succumbed to God's presence. But I hang on. And so there was, there was this vision that God put in my heart of the Covent Garden and the theatrical world becoming all owned by God's kingdom and the, and the anointing just flowing and musicals and sounds and songs. And I went to a very deep place of prayer with somebody I've had the most difficult time with. You know, negative. You ever find that people who are involved in your destiny, it can be really difficult. It's not easy to get along with. You don't have the money, you don't have the resources, and then you have these difficult people that God calls you to love and forgive, and God bless you, my brother, my sister, just God bless you. So I thought, you know what? And then I just set myself apart, and I envisioned God. And I took some time out to be like Abraham and call the things which be not as though they are. Until they are. Whether it's your daughter, whether it's your son, whether it's your good friend. But it's something that, you know, let's just, let's just hang on a minute, guys. Let's just shift. What has God really called you to accomplish while you're in the earth? What is in your heart to do? Never mind the rubbish that's up here. Never mind the rubbish that's in the flesh. What has God called your spirit to do. And so I sat there and I prayed and I just forgot about it, you know, and I carried on and studying and working things out. And, uh, and I began to think about, I have, I have had this dream for so long, so long that people out there, people everywhere around me, they'll be singing songs that are born from heaven. Come on, this is a girl that worked for the Beatles. They sang songs that changed the community. I've envisioned the land for so long. So last night we were watching something, I can't remember what it was. 
We were just hanging out, having some time together. And, you know, I just gave this morning over to God and said, whatever. You know, if we can look at the five phases of destiny, then, hey. And uh, I thought, well, I'll just check my emails. You know, I'm not the best at doing all that. And I'm actually weaning myself from all of that. And here was this email from the wife of the man who's got the vision to put a musical on. It's got amazing songs in it all about Jesus, but instead of it being all religious, it's like, you're my everyday hero. We're friends again, another song. And suddenly we shifted. And I was like, oh my gosh, I haven't heard from them in months. But I knew immediately there's some prayers that we were supposed to pray in the days of your flesh that shake up things that have been dead. There's some prayers you need to go home and you need to go back to the vision and you need to pray. I mean, I'm sorry, I'm not going to be nice about it. You just need some shaking. Shake yourself. Shake the person. Put your hand on the person next to them and shake them up. Say, you need to go back. Don't think you're... I'm telling you, shake it up. Shake it up some. Oh, shake it up some. Shake it up some. So anyway, a lot of good things in my Bible. I don't know about yours. Let's look at preparing the land. Let's look at Moses for a minute, okay? Gosh, did I do a lot of studying this week? That doesn't mean anything. It just means I did a lot of studying. It doesn't mean I'm a better person. It doesn't mean I'm a better minister. It just means I had my head in the Word. So Moses, you look over in uh, Exodus 13. And I've been thinking about this too, because God used to say to me, as I was with Moses, so I'll be with you. And I was like, excuse me, I'm a girl. Secondly, I don't plan to lead people to the red, black, whatever, dead. I don't plan to do that. I don't plan to go to Pharaoh and knock on the door and tell him I have a word from God. But anyway, Exodus 13 verse 17 says in the Amplified, When Pharaoh let the people go, God led them. Not by the way of the land of the Philistines, although that was nearer. For God said, lest the people change their purpose when they see war. And they return to Egypt. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. You know, how many of you would say to me, Julie... You know, I thought this stuff was going to happen 20 years ago. Thank you for your honesty. I didn't know it was going to be so tough. I thought I was going to be somebody else and be doing something else years ago. I didn't know that it was going to be important yesterday afternoon to pray another throne room prayer for my destiny and my future and the future of my nation. I wanted to kind of take the shortcut. 
I wanted it to happen a month after. I wanted everything to just start flowing. Oh, gosh. But, you know, it's kind of interesting with Moses how he had to make preparation. He had to go several times to Pharaoh. It wasn't just once, twice, three times. He had to go. He had to press in. But the thing is, it was God... It was God that led them, not by the way of the land of the Philistines, although that was nearer. Do you ever wonder why God just doesn't take... Why didn't he do this years ago? We were on a roll. We were doing things. The ministry seemed a lot bigger. It seemed a lot more influential. Then all of a sudden, yank, over in the corner. Doesn't that seem funny that sometimes... Your whole life gets stripped apart. Come on, hang in there with me. Because we're talking about our destiny. And some of you in this month are going to pick up your destiny, are going to be different people by the end of August. You're going to be so glad that you pressed in and you pressed through. You're going to be so thankful to God that you prepared yourself to enter in to the land that he's given you. Because it's not about waiting for, oh, I'm just waiting. Yeah, there is a waiting on God because he's got a timing to everything. But there's also the need for you to possess and to know where you at. And I feel like God just wants to do this with our heads. Just wash clean, clean out your thought life. See, sometimes I come and I drive past St. Mark's Mayfair, you know, and I think, it's mine, ours. Sorry, I just do. I go, you, come on. And I just say that in my spirit. I might say it in total silence because we might be in the car and we're just driving by. I'm not trying to get you to, you know, look back. But I'm saying the vision of drive-by miracles, the vision of God's presence, the vision of the house of prayer, the vision of Hyde Park, the vision of the center of London becoming a fiery furnace of prayer and worship hasn't left. So then there's like, I think we were talking this morning, do you ever kind of play games with the stuff that comes against your mind? Do you ever play back? Do you know what I'm saying? Like the thought will come, well, you had your opportunity. That was your time. And then I think, okay, you always lead us to triumph. <laughs> and then I'm not, I'm not getting into all this mess. You've got to, oh, I've got to pray differently. Well, I need like quite a few billionaires, probably more than one. So then I just shift in the spirit and I go to a different place. I need a lot of laborers to come, a lot of people to come. And then, well, then we just need to make them an offer they can't refuse and buy it back for 50 years, 100 years. What do we care about forever? Forever's with God. I have an eternal destiny, which is to be Christ-like. So whether I'm standing here in number one Marylebone or whether I'm standing in number one Mayfair, thank you, God, you have a plan. 
I'm just going to prepare myself to be more like Christ in everything I do, but I'm not going to let my faith drip to nothing. Maybe God's called you to be a better parent, to be a better businessman, to be a better husband, to be a better wife. I'm not going to let to be, just be better in Christ, to be more Christ-like. Then what does that mean? It means I'm going to pray differently. Okay? So there, there's the preparing for the land, like, Mo, like we see with Moses. Okay? So let's, let's look down now at possessing the land at Joshua. Now, if you go over to Joshua, what was the thing with Joshua? Anybody tell me? Courageous, confident faith. Huh? He was faithful to Moses. But what was the other thing? God said to Joshua, every place you put the soles of your feet is given to you. Come on, now we'll just shift. Every place you put the soles of your feet, it is given to you. But be strong. Be of good courage. We live in a nation where it's not on top. It's not everywhere, courage and faith. You know, I love your T-shirt wherever I you know, I'm not, uh, what does her T-shirt say? Not sarcastic. But it, it reminded me of the whole thing of sarcasm. You know, we're people of faith. I know God's got a plan for Chosen this year. I, I'm not concerned. The budget's going to be met. One or another, people are just going to start giving. We've already had checks in the mail. We've already had people helping. I know that what God starts, God finishes. So the cynicism, isn't it? Every place we put the soles of our feet, it's given to us. So when you come there next week, we're already in this week. Actually, it'll be this week. <laughs> it's given to you. What do you want? What are you going to ask God for day by day? You're going to be like Joshua. Joshua. Joshua's destiny was to possess the land. So you've got to look back at the beginning. God was in all of this before we were in it. God started this a long time ago. Come on, don't look at me kind of like that. God started this a long time ago. So why should I be concerned when somebody important or famous or something like that, some big benefactor comes into my life? God planned that. He planned that before I was even born. While I was still a thought in his mind, he planned that. So becoming a Joshua, maybe you're a Joshua, possessing your land. All right? But you know that, I mean, there's so much teaching to go into. And if we were in a Bible school situation, or when we are, and that's exciting that we're getting towards that more, launching this app from the Prayer Foundation. I'm excited about God. He's getting the word out. He's getting the word, the seed of the word in people. It's not an argument in the church about, you know, is the worship department more important than the children? When the first billion comes, who gets it first? You know what? It's all a wonderful jigsaw puzzle. Nobody's more important than anybody else. We are all on the field. We are all out there. 
Come on. We are all given the power to possess the vision. We're all given it. We're all equal. Some people just have gone after it a bit more than others. So anyway, now look at, look at number four, ruling over the land, David. Why don't you go with me to Psalm 119. I was reading this this morning, and I was thinking about many of our many of our challenges that we face. Psalm 119, I could read every verse almost. Verse 19 says, I'm a stranger and a temporary resident on the earth. I mean, get a grip here. I'm a temporary resident here. But while I'm here, I'm called to be like who? The king of kings. So, anyway. Verse 67. Before I was afflicted, I went astray, but now... Your word do I keep, hearing, receiving, loving, and obeying it. There's kind of an underlying message here. What is your rhema word for your life? Luke 5 is a rhema word to me. And just when I think I don't want to do any more gatherings, there's too much work, there's so much to deal with, so many decisions to be made, God will take me back to Luke 5 and say, put your net on the other side. Do I want to do Hyde Park? No. Do I want a Sharon Stone coming through telling me not to look at the prize ticket and telling me what to do? Do I want a prophetic book? No. I want to just go play with the puppies. Go be at the barn. I was at the barn all week. Bye. Praying, studying, envisioning, praying for you, doing what I love to do, standing in the gap. Let me, let me read you something I wrote down. You know, in Norwich, which is where I was born, just a little way from the barn, there's um, a wonderful thing about intercession from Julian of Nor- Norwich. She was a 13th century anchor. Let me just read this to you. Just hit the pause button for a minute. We'll come back to this. Number one, become aware. God has been working long before us. I said it a few minutes ago. It just came. Just shift everything off for a minute. Shift all the warfare. First of all, God knew what was going to happen to your life, to your kids, your money, your stuff. He knew a long time ago. Number two, hold the intercession. Hold it in your hands and your heart and let all the awareness enter in. Not, it's not a it's not a strenuous mental effort that is required. Listen, just you, you come to church to have a break, to worship God, to celebrate him, to be with you. Jesus is in the house this morning because we're gathered here. You can feel there's a totally different anointing. So it's not about a strenuous effort. Oh, my God, how am I going to get my family in the kingdom? Oh, my God, how am I going to get the money to do this? Oh, my God, how am I going to get the healing I need in my life? Oh, my Lord, how am I going to do this? (laughs) She says, put it all aside and just be. Come on, just be together. Just be family. I've been calling us church family for a long time now, a couple of years now. We are a spiritual family. And it's all about our hearts. So just put it aside. 
and just be in God's presence. We are here on behalf of another. That's why we're here. We're here on behalf of another. That's what prayer is all about. Prayer in the earth is contending. Prayer in heaven is the heart. It's just the heart's desire. Whatever your heart desires in heaven, there it is. We just are. Every morning, put your mind into your heart and stay in the presence of God. This is Julian of Norwich said this. Every morning, put your mind in your heart and stay there. (laughs) Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. All intercession ultimately gathered up Bishop Michael Ramsey, who's an Eastern monk, in his writings said in Hebrews 7.25, you know, Jesus ever lives to make intercession. Jesus is there for you. Hebrews 7.25, Jesus ever lives to make intercession. Does that mean he spends his whole time in heaven speaking in tongues? No, I don't think so. <laughs> At all. But he's there. Heaven, the presence of Jesus in heaven is so immersed into every person, every individual, that when Jesus comes and sits down in Rod's house and talks to Rod, and we all go, Jesus with Rod. You know what? We won't be able to wait to hear what he told him. And Rod won't be able to relay everything. It just will go into his spirit. So a prayer would be, Jesus, touch my spirit. Jesus, touch me. Jesus, Jesus, come help me. Help me be better for another. You just need to grasp it. It can help to grasp intercession for you to pray for others. We do not have to be eloquent or clever or even perceptive to their needs. We just ourselves as we are, simple, a bit confused maybe, but always wanting God's will. Oh, come on. Always wanting what God wants. Always, Father, we want what you want next week. We want what you want this week. We want what you want today. We want what you want right now. We want what you want. We want your will for ourselves and for everybody else. It's God's business to take care things from here on. Just give it to God, Annie. He's in charge of all those people. Hurry up. We say, hurry up. Would you just hurry up? Sometimes I'm like, hurry up. And then Somebody sends me an email for the right person to connect with to get the book published and people talking about movies and movie script. You know, sometimes we're in such a hurry. But you know what? God's got perfect timing. Nate, you're born to be special. Don't be anybody else. Be responsible for your life and who you are. And and then I had written some things that Julian had said. We are to fill the water pots with water. What does that mean? We're to pray. And we are to fill them up to the brim. The winemaker, 
He turns it into wine. I'm to keep praying. I believe there's a massive mobilization of the spirit of prayer like never before. You know, we, we, we're the ones that remove the stones in our lives and we say, Lazarus, come forth. You know, we're the ones that say that kind of stuff. If we can go back to the slides. You know, we, we're, the, we're like the dry bones, okay? Let's move and shift for a minute into David. Oh my gosh, I need to finish this. So I had such a good time this week studying this out. and You know, because God gave me a word. He gives me a word for the month. He, he's done it for me over the months, over the years. And I've begun to realize I have to begin to walk in the uniqueness of who I am. And I haven't to try to be some prophetic voice or anything. I just have to do what God says to do. So this month, I want you to think about your destiny, your fate, your future. I want you to pray more. As mother in the house, I just ask you, okay? So the David phase, I don't think we've reached it yet. I think we're beginning, we're beginning to suddenly see the peak of God's purposes are more, and we're not to worry about our age. It's to do with our spirit man, okay? That's what it's to do with. Without Christ as Lord... What's all the singing and clapping about anyway? <laughs> if he's not Lord of your life when you go home to pay the bills or deal with something, what's all the singing and clapping and dancing about? What's all that hype in church? It's not, this is not what this is about, okay? Oh, gosh, I can't even read my own handwriting. But all I know is that <laughs> it's good that we've been afflicted, It's good that we begin to understand there was a mighty war that went on between the flesh and the spirit, between Saul and David. Okay, but David's kingdom grew stronger and stronger. So always learn to praise, always learn to press in, always learn to grab a hold of the Holy Spirit and say, I'm not going to let go. I'm not going to let go. I am not going to let go. You know, there's no shortcut to glorifying God any other way. Romans 8, 17. Now, if we are the children, then we are heirs. We're talking about your destiny. We're talking about the phases of your destiny. Okay? Abraham had this vision given to him. He had to walk it out. He had to call the things which be not as though they are until they were. Okay? Maybe you're still, maybe you're still there envisioning it. But you know what? We shift. Maybe you haven't praised enough to the level that God wants the praise when you shift to where David was. Okay? But we don't lose heart. We don't lose heart. We've got the word. We've got the word, church. We've got the word. I love this. I love this. So there's envisioning the land, there's preparing for the land, there's possessing the land, there's ruling over the land. Are you going to get up in the morning and just get beat up with your emotions because somebody got promoted to heaven or your, your child has become a prodigal and blatant and in your face? 
No, you're going to get up and say, good morning, I am ruling with you. That's what I'm going to do tomorrow morning. I'm going to get up. I'm going to rule. I've got a son coming into Heathrow. I think he's coming into tomorrow morning. Rod was asking me, are you excited? You're going to see Jamie tomorrow. I've got one child. You know, one child. And I was like, not really. And then I had to think about it. And I thought, well, I am excited. It's just that I can't really be mummy. Because he's 40. He's not going to want me to give him pocket money. He's not going to want me to give him chewing gum. Oh, he will. Well, I have a little stash. <laughs> I have a little little stash. <laughs> but he's t- the, t- the tables have turned. It's time for him to give me. Yes, come on. So, yes, I'm a bit excited to see him tomorrow morning. And you'll see him at Chosen. And you'll see him here next Sunday if you don't make it to Chosen. But the funny thing is, as life changes, and we talk about ruling, some of the prayers I prayed for him, I haven't seen answers to yet. Some of the prayers that you prayed about your life, your destiny, your future, your family, you haven't seen them yet. But there's a lovely feistiness about moving into worship, about thanking God, about speaking to him in the deep, intimate places, about letting the word come alive in you. Yeah? Let's look at the Solomon phase for a minute. Let's move on. Shining in the land. I love that God does the impossible. Maybe you don't feel like you're shining on a Monday morning or Friday night. But God's plan for you to shine. God's plan is for you to have some shining splendor in your heart. In other words, words of life for other people, whether they want them or not. For Solomon, let's be honest, we just, we're not there yet either. How many in the church are walking, walking in perfect victory through faith in God and his word? How many of you are walking in perfect victory? Nobody, nobody puts their hands up because we're not there yet. Oh, by faith, we can all put our hands up. Okay, we can all put our hands up by faith. I'm walking in perfect victory, but I've sure got big L plates on most of the time. Most of the time. Because the full benefits of God, of the new covenant, I'm not enjoying 24-7 yet, but I'm getting to realize that God is expecting me moment by moment to believe him for his goodness. I'm getting to the place in my thinking where when I see things, I think, well, I can't do that yet, but I will be doing that soon. Huh? I'm not quite there with my budget or my thinking or my emotions, but I'm getting there. Hello? I'm not quite there yet, but your word says I am to become more dependent on you than the world. Oh, God, help me. Please help me. That's a good prayer. To become so much more dependent on you 
And please help everybody around me to grow up and help me to grow up. Because what identity I had with the people I had it with is changed. Yes, I'm still Jamie's mother, but I'm not his mother like he's my baby. I got two puppies. (laughs) They're my babies. Sorry. They leave us offerings. Yeah, they do. Sorry about that. But I usually clean them up. I cannot wade through all these things. God's just given me so much stuff, and I don't want to bore you. But I want to say something. Choose your destiny. Choose what God's got for you. Choose to be who you are. Okay? Look at these five steps. And I pray you all get to number five to start shining in the land. I pray that, you know, (laughs) you're not afraid to say, I'm going to start shining. I'm going to I'm going to start shining. I'm going to do what I know to do to shine as best I can shine. I'm going to work on myself and let the Holy Spirit work on me. And uh I'm not I'm not going to depend on the world. It's not about my credit card. It's not about that. I know there isn't a shortcut. I know that I've got to take the road that God has planned for me. Lord, I just, I want to thank you that it's just wonderful to bask in your presence. I thank you, it's amazing, the gifts of the Spirit that begin to flow in our midst. Once you come, you worship team and just begin to worship him. I want to thank you that we can, we can worship you. We can We can locate ourselves a bit better now because maybe we have a vision and a dream for our lives and we haven't even been like Abraham. We haven't even moved in faith. We don't understand what it means to call things which be not as though they are until they are and it be credited as righteousness to us. Maybe we haven't understood that yet. Lord, I pray in Jesus' name that you just begin to help us, really help us, help us. Help us. Help us. Help us prepare. Help us to sing songs when we go about the day. Help us to be singing a song of victory, deliverance. I want you to open your heart deeper and wider than you've ever done it as you prepare to become the person you've always dreamed about becoming. (laughs) It frightens me. Sometimes when I think about who God wants me to be, because I think, oh, that's frightening. But then he begins to say, do a little bit today. Do a little bit today. I think about standing sometimes in Parliament or around some of the places, and I think, every place I put the soles of my feet is given to me. It actually is. That's what God says. Every place I put the soles of my feet, I'm to be like Joshua. I'm to possess it. It's your house. It's your life. It's our church. It's our barn. This is this thing. This is our city. We pray for the welfare of London. And when we walk about it, God's given it to us. Come on, shift. Shift. 
shift from your thinking that it's impossible. Nothing is too hard or too wonderful. Nothing is impossible for God. I'm going to be like David. I'm going to say if it's difficult, it's good that I've been afflicted, that I might learn your statues if I've been afflicted in some relationship, in some financial thing or some health issue. It's good. What have I got to learn here? What have I got to learn? What did David have to learn after that baby died and he went through all that stuff and he was flat out before God? He just got up. He put his royal robes on. He says, okay, you know what God's been meaning? His meaning to me has been, get up, would you? Just go pray again. I didn't want to pray yesterday afternoon for this musical stuff. I didn't want to pray. I didn't want to go there again. And God is saying, you want to cast your net on the other side? Go. Some of you need to pray like you've never prayed before ever about your destiny. Some of you need to get that water flowing to the brim. Then God will turn the water into wine. It's his job. Some of you need to say, I'm going to be mobilized. I'm going to listen to Graham. I'm going to hear what he's got to say. I'm going to, these Americans are coming and they'll be with us next Sunday. I'm going to let them pray for me. I'm going to get drenched. I'm going to start shining. I am going to start shining in the land. Because this month is about my destiny, my harvest. It's about the royalty. It's about the intercession. I'm going to learn what it means to stand in the gap for another. I'm going to stand there before the king. I don't know everything, but I'm just going to come and I'm just going to be myself. I'm going to pray. Come on. I'm going to pray. I'm going to start praying. Just start praying for somebody else right now. We believe you've really enjoyed this message. For further information, visit www.commonwealthchurch.org and feel free to join us on any Sunday 